Hi, it's Kelly. Have you ever listened to a podcast episode and you had a question or a comment that you would like to ask of me? Maybe you would just like to join a discussion area about the topic. If so, I have a place, a community, that I've created to allow you to do just that. It's a place for questions, comments, and encouraging discussion related to any of my newsletter posts or podcast episodes from God, Dreams, and Really Good Coffee. And it's all away from the prying eyes of social media. It's a place to encourage one another as we reach our God-given dreams, because we need that right now to support one another. So if you're interested in that, or if you want to be a Christian author, there will be a place there for you as well. Check it out at inspirewritepublish.com forward slash community, or just click on the link in the show notes. Take care. Hi, it's Kelly Langston. It has been a wild, wild few weeks, hasn't it? Well, I have something that I want to talk to you about today, and I've prayed a lot about this. This is the great sifting. It's a great sifting and a great shaking. The question is, are you going to be one of the ones left to witness one of the most astounding victories, astounding movements of the spirit, astounding harvest in my lifetime. This is the great test of our faith. I'm Kelly Langston, and that is what this episode is of God, dreams, and really good coffee. Now, settle down, grab a cup of coffee. If you do not drink coffee, That's no problem. Grab a cup of tea, grab some water, or just listen to the sound of my voice and think, because I have something, something to talk about today. But because this is God dreams and really good coffee, I want to tell you what I am drinking today. I'm going back to my good old favorite Tanzania Peabody roasted by my wonderful husband, Matt on the screen and porch <laughs> and I'm drinking Tanzanian Peabody and I pulled out from the very bottom of our pantry the old dusty I think I bought this it was an espresso maker it's a Starbucks brand believe it or not they don't make them anymore but they make espresso and it steams milk I bought it on i believe from a classified ad from somebody. It was in the pit of the recession. We had no money. And the one thing that brought me a lot of joy was having espresso. I had a cappuccino every day. But as the recession went, those, what is it, like a $4 coffee, couldn't have that anymore. (laughs) So my coffee machine broke and the five, four or $5 coffees were out of the question on our recession budget. So that said a little prayer. And don't you know, this Starbucks espresso maker popped up on Craigslist and it made the cappuccinos for me. So I pulled that thing out of the bottom of my pantry. It's got, I think it wobbles because one of the little foot things fell out of the bottom one. I don't even care. And I made myself a cup of a cappuccino. 
and it's made with Tanzania Peabody coffee, and it's really good. So that's what I'm having today. I had it because I wanted to remember, I pulled it out, remembering that God is such a good father. Even though we were really hit by the recession, he knew that I just love good coffee. And he found a way for me to have my little cappuccino every day, even when our funds were really, really dry. I want to tell you that that is our God. He is a good father. These trials test our faith and make us stronger in faith because we see that the Lord is faithful. And the song that I've been thinking about and singing a lot these last few weeks is The Goodness of God. Uh, Look that one up. But it is such a good song, and it talks about how good God has been. And He has. He has been such a good God. I pray today that you find one little kiss from God today, one little thing, one little surprise, one little sign from God that tells you, hey, I know where you are. I am with you right now. And no matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life, I've got you. And I just want you to know that I love you because he does. I mean, that's what my whole life is about. God loves us. And even in the hardest days, he is still there with us. And these things can be turned around to the good of those who are called according to his purpose. That is scripturally true. That is his promise and we can count on it. So you know that I have said a lot about what I believe is about to happen, that God is about to do something surprising and something amazing. Now, what exactly that looks like, I don't know. I have also made the mistake of looking at the news or whatever going around me and felt like my faith was shaken. And I have to go back to God and God, are all the things that you have been saying, are they true? You still have this great thing that you're preparing us for. And I have to tell you that his answer is, hey, I told you, and I'm faithful to my word. So because my heart and my ministry are teaching people to listen to God for themselves, to grab the scripture and learn to confirm what he's saying to you with scripture. I do this because that's exactly what I have to do too. So when everything around us looks questionable, I'm talking about where this country is going. Yes. I'm talking about where the world is going. I know Israel has been having some things going over all over there too. Yes, this is an uncertain time all around the world, but I believe it's because there's a great shaking and a great sifting going on right now. God is looking for the people who are going to stand on his word to hear him and be called into relationship with him, to put God's voice and what God is telling you through scripture and the things that the Holy Spirit is teaching you to put those first before any other voice that you hear. That's the media. That's your doubting friends, which we all have them. They're well-meaning, yes, but they may not be putting God's voice first in their lives. We have to learn to go to God first. My whole ministry is teaching people how to take what God gives them, to write it down, journal it, 
and confirm it through scripture. I do this all the time. Now, let me tell you what's really good about that. Because in these uncertain times, I've had at least, wow, I mean, I've been writing all my life, but I specifically have been writing these conversations through the Holy Spirit with God for five years in my journals. And I have gone back through these crazy, crazy few weeks when everything is wild and went to those things that I've written and looked back through time, starting, I think, in 2015, to see if the messages were consistent, the things that I've written, are they consistent? Has anything changed? Did I get this wrong? Because I'll go back. And when he tells me he's going to do something, I will go back and date that. And I'll give you an example. Somebody that I love just went into the hospital. Won't give you the name of who. That's all right. But they just went into the hospital and there was one great need of a, of a place to provide for this person. And my kids and I prayed that something would open up for this person. And, and the Lord said in time and quiet time that you have to have, that I had a quiet time. And I asked the Lord to fulfill this need. And I heard through the spirit, I'm going to take care of this today. And don't you know, (laughs) we got a call that there was an opportunity, a place opened up for this particular loved one of mine. He answered that prayer. So I go into my journal, I date it. This was answered. And I date it. So now we have this great shaking going on, right? No matter where you are, there is a lot of things going on right now in the world, especially in our nation. It's a very uncertain time. Biden is saying that he's going to talk about this dark winter that is coming. Well, I've done some research on what that dark winter phrase means, and it's pretty frightening. So I won't even go into, I'm not even going to honor that negative word on this podcast. It is a negative word. Calling us to a dark winter is a negative word. And I refuse that in the name of Jesus because God has a future and a hope for this country. I'm going to say that again. God has a future and a hope for this country. And all the last five years, what he's been telling me all through my journal pages, is that he is calling his people back to him. He is preparing our hearts to turn back to God, one nation under God, turn back to God, and not just in lip service, to be a nation that is a light around this world, this troubled world, a nation that is a light to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I have a relationship to William Bradford. My great grandmother was a Bradford and I know the names of every father, father, grandfather, grandfather, all the way through William Bradford. And I know his writings and I know that it speaks even in the Mayflower Compact that we are called, this land would be a place where the the gospel, the Christian faith would be a light to the world. That's our original purpose. So I go back in my journals, five years of writings that are specific to writing down the things in my heart, writing down my my needs, my anxieties, the, the things that I'm learning in scripture, asking God questions and then being quiet and listening. And then I write the things that he puts on my heart and then I confirm it through the word of God. It must agree with scripture. If it doesn't, it is not a word from God. 
He never conflicts with his own word. And I write these things down and then I put them in a journal and I let him sit. And then as he reveals himself or answers prayers, I go back and I discover, hey, that was a a good word. He told me this. He honored his word and I'm writing the date down. Now I have five years of proof that he is faithful to his word in my life. Specific words, concrete things that he gave me, promises that he kept scriptural promises that he fulfilled time and time and time again. I have those things. And I even go back and I have many, many years of things that he said about what he's doing in this nation. So do things look dark? Yep. But I go back and look at all those many promises that he fulfilled and all of those times that he told me the same thing, it has not changed. In five years, he told me he's bringing his people back to his heart. He wants to bring unity to this land. And you have to think, unity? I see everything but unity. But that is his heart. And I believe it with all my heart. <laughs> Look, there's so much wrong that we've allowed to come into this land. So many things that we've allowed, quite frankly, We've allowed this corruption. We've allowed many multiple sins. We've allowed division. We've allowed the media to tell us that we hate each other, you know, depending on what what your background is. If you're conservative or liberal, you're supposed to hate each other. That's not God's heart. His heart is for unity. His heart is for the children in this next generation that he is raising up. I'm going to say that again. Because I believe he's getting ready to expose so many things. We're going to see, and it's going to hurt. We're going to see so much that's been going on under the surface that we were lied to about. I believe that with all my heart. And it's going to hurt. But you know what the good news is? We're all going to see it. We're all going to suffer in the knowledge of what we allowed to happen. Because, hey, it's our nation. We've allowed this. We might not have known it. But it has gone on right under our noses. And why? Because we have, to be quite honest, we allowed them to kick God out of every public aspect, out of our schools, out of our government. And that's not what this country was meant. It was meant to be a light to the Christian gospel. Go back and read it in William Bradford's journals, A Nation Under God. The Christian scripture is a foundation for freedom. Is because of freedom that Christ came to set us free. We have to have Christ. Now, you can't force people to be Christian. I'm not saying that. I know that people fled to this country because they were forced into religion. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't believe in forced Christianity. It's always a choice. He calls us gently. But those Things that Jesus teaches us are necessary if we're going to have the kind of free country that we want. He has to be brought in by his people, not everybody, his people. If my people are called by my name and will seek my face and humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. He's talking to his people. But we've been... For whatever reason, we've allowed the enemy to tell us that we should be quiet, that we should shut up, that we don't have a place, 
that we are not allowed to share that gospel. We're told to be quiet. That's what the enemy wants my whole life. Be quiet. Don't speak. And we thought maybe that was the right thing to do. Let's not push it. And we've allowed these things because of that. And it's time to turn from that. It's a new day, new mercies. We turn from that. We ask forgiveness for that. And now, as I really believe that we are in this great sifting, much like Jesus said to Peter right before he went to the cross, think about that dark day. He said to Peter, Jesus, that Satan has asked to sift you, Peter, but I have prayed for you. The great sifting. You're going to be shaken, Peter, but I have prayed for you. You're going to make it to the other side. When Gideon thought God kept reducing the number of the people with him from 36,000 all the way down to 300. But those 300 that stayed got to see, to witness firsthand the Lord move. So my question to you is, are you going to remain steadfast in what God is showing you that he wants to do in this nation? The good works, the good purposes that he has for the United States for the rest of the world, wherever you are, do you stand by his word or do you listen to the lies of the enemy? You have to make a choice. The the time for being on the fence is over. So here's the good news. I do believe in the United States. We are about to see the revelation of things that we'd rather not see. (laughs) I'm going to just stand on that. I've written about this throughout my journals for the last five years. I don't need to share them with you. Those are special things that the Lord spoke to me about. I want to tell you to take your time and ask the Lord to give you a vision of what he wants to do wherever you are in the United States or around the world. What is your vision, Lord? Give me what you see. I want to step into your will. So show me your will so I can declare it. That's what he's looking for right now. So ask him, what are you doing here, Lord? I want to see. And then provide a time and a space and a quietness. Turn off the news. Turn off everything else and listen. It might take some time before you get comfortable in that. Sometimes um, you put on some soft uh, music that might help or or just, just listen. You have to learn to listen. It's hard because we are so used to the busyness of life. It just seems odd to have a quiet space, but you'll get better at it. Grab a journal, grab a pen, ask him the questions on your heart because we all have questions, things that you might go somewhere else, the news or or calling your, your best friend to talk about whatever is going on in the world. Instead of that, write those questions down in your journal and ask God, have your Bible ready and just start writing down what what the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. You have to be a believer in Jesus Christ for this because the Holy Spirit is given once we become a believer in Jesus Christ and accept him as our Savior. We are gifted with the Holy Spirit. So we have that ability to be be washed by the blood of the Lamb, to put on Christ's righteousness because we need that because we aren't, but we put on his righteousness and now we can boldly go to the throne and submit our petitions to God. And we have the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised that he will tell you 
things that you don't know, he will tell you what is to come. Do you realize that we can learn through the Holy Spirit what God wants to do? We can learn his will, what he's doing. You don't have to be some famous prophet. The gift of prophecy is available to all of us. It doesn't mean that we have to go out in the street corners and and tell everybody. That's not where God's called me. What he's called me into is a relationship with him that I can declare God's word and his will. Instead, fastly stand in it and refuse to look at the situation refuse to see all the things wrong and know that this is what the Lord is doing. I stand firm and I declare it and I will not be swayed. I'm going to stand firm in what the Lord has shown me because I think it's really good. He's about to, not only is he going to reveal these things and it's going to hurt, but here's the good part. He is raising up a generation of people who are boldly speaking the word of God like I've never seen in my life. I want to say that again. He is raising up a generation of believers that are bold, that they have been tested by the fire of trials, that they are not afraid to speak out for the Lord. They are not going to let you take him out of the public places. They are going to stand firm because they know what happens because what we're seeing right now, what happens when we allow them to convince us that we need to let go of our testimony. The book of Revelation says that we defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We've allowed them to take that from us. I have. I'm going to confess to you right now. I've been afraid to share things about my beliefs. Oh, I don't want to offend anyone. Well, guess what? Those days are over. I'm a believer I'm a sinner washed by the blood of the lamb, and it has changed my life. I grew up with a broken family, steel town girl, all kinds of chaos in my life. I didn't know what a good marriage looked like because all I saw were broken brokenness. Now, I love my family and God's taken them a long, long, long way, but I didn't know what that looked like. Now, God has been so good to me so good. And I didn't deserve it. And I'm going to share that story. I'm sharing it now. We have stories. I want to teach people to share their stories. Don't be afraid. People love stories and, and and believers have these amazing stories, life-changing stories, and it's time to start sharing them. Now is the time. So it's time to sing our victory song. It is time to sing our victory song because this battle belongs to the Lord and he is about to show up in an amazing way. Listen to me. He's about to move in an amazing way. Are you going to be one of the people that remains standing, that remains refusing to look at what the enemy is telling us that this battle's over? that we're going into that dark winter, go hide in your homes, stay six feet away from everybody. Now, listen, I'm not trying to offend you. I know this COVID thing is scary and we have to be smart, but he wants to separate us, the enemy. He wants to keep us away from the fullness of God. We are meant to be a body of believers, singing in church, praising the Lord. Those prayers, those songs, 
They shake the heavens. Worship, community, the body of Christ. Together, we have strength in Jesus. And if you think the enemy doesn't know that, and he isn't using this crisis, it is real. But do you think he's not using it to tear us apart, to cause us to doubt, to shake the ground, to have us give up and run in fear, to not hug people who need a hug? You think the enemy is not going to use that? Well, he is. These are the things that we take to God. What do I do here, Lord? There are dangers in this world, and COVID is one of them. But what do you want? I'm going to put my trust in Psalm 91, and I'm going to put my trust in you, Jesus, Jehovah Rapha, the great healer. By his stripes, Jesus, I am healed. These are words that are truth. So we need to be careful. Yes, I'm not saying that we don't, but we need to put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and to not let these things that God wants to do here in this land, to not let the enemy steal them from us because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants this next generation. You know why? Because this next generation is going to sing the gospel message from their rooftops. They are not afraid We're about to see this huge harvest, the likes that we've only been able to imagine. Maybe so many people are ready to hear a gospel message, to hear a message of hope. Don't let the enemy take that from you. You want to see it. Be a part of it. So that's all I have to say today. I am Kelly Langston, and I want to ask that you would go to God. Ask him yourself. Don't Don't take my word for it. Ask him, what are you doing and how should I live in this age of COVID when everything's speaking of the dark, terrible days ahead? What do you say? Because I think that our greatest days are ahead. I think that the harvest is so white that we're going to need so many more workers to carry it home. I was put here at this time and in this place for this season to encourage you to be a part of it. The harvest is there, guys. The victory is already done. It's done. Let me read this from the Song of Moses. This is what people of Israel sang when they came across that Red Sea. The Lord brought them to this Red Sea. It looked like it was over. The enemy was surrounding them. They were standing by this altar or this place of worship for Baal. He took as a form of worship the deaths of the innocent. God brought them to this place. It looked like it was over. The Pharaoh and his armies were emboldened. They chased them down. They were ready to just annihilate them. And then God did one of the greatest miracles and the people saw it. So this is a time for praise. Right now, start praising, guys. Start praising. Then Moses and the people of Israel, this is from Exodus 15. Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. 
Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury, it consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up, the floods stood up in a heap, the deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire will have its fill in them. I will draw my sword and my hands shall destroy them. You blew your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by the strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard, they tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. Because of the greatness of your arm, they are still as stone. Till your people, O Lord, pass by. Till the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. And he will. Guys, get with God. Because I think it's time to start singing our victory song. God bless you. I'm Kelly Langston. If this encourages you, please subscribe. And also, if there's somebody that might be encouraged by this message, uh, why don't you share it with them? I'm getting ready to update my book. It's called Yes, God Speaks, and I'm just putting the new 2021 calendar in it that takes people through my process of how I listen to God and how I confirm what I hear through Scripture and how I hold on to those biblical promises. Uh, it's a working book. It's what I use. And if, you, if you're wondering how to listen to God, what that looks like, this book walks you through it. So anyway, I am Kelly Langston. Put on that praise music. It's time to sing that victory song. Thank you. Has God given you a dream of something amazing? Is it a dream that's so hard to reach that you might be considering giving up on it, even though you really believe God has called you to it? If you have a dream like that, I have a book that's going to encourage you to press on. Because whenever God gives us a dream, it's not going to be an easy dream, one that's easy to achieve in our own power, because God wants to provide his supernatural assistance to get us there. I've written a book called When God Gives a Dream, Reaching Your Impossible Dream in God's Power. And right now it is free for download on Amazon. In it, you'll discover the characteristics of a God-inspired dream and learn how to determine if it is from God and be encouraged to press on. You can find it now at the Amazon Bookstore.